tonight we continue our study looking at the apostles. And as I mentioned, I'll mention again, that some of the things that I find I bring forth, and I don't know, uh, it's not based on what the Scripture teaches, but it's by tradition, and we have some of those things tonight. Uh, that Sometimes I'm kind of amazed at how they come to the conclusions that they come to. But Matthew, Mark, Luke, and the book of Acts mentions Nathaniel by the name of Bartholomew. He's not mentioned as Nathaniel. The name Bartholomew is not a proper name, but a surname. In Matthew chapter 16, Peter called Simon, Simon Barjona. And I believe that that's what the Bartholomew is about or what it means. Just like Simon was the son of Jonah, Nathaniel was the son of Tholomew. John is the only apostle that talks about Nathaniel. He doesn't mention the name of Bartholomew. But it's in John where we learn the most about Nathaniel, Bartholomew. In John chapter 21 and verse 2, it tells us that Nathaniel was from Cana. Now here's kind of the part that I found that was kind of amazing or outlandish. I don't know how they come up to this. But as you know, Jesus was at a wedding feast in the land of Cana, in Cana. And tradition, as it says, has it that the wedding feast in Cana of Galilee, that Nathanael was the bridegroom at that wedding. I find that so interesting how they come up with some of those things uh, to say about some of these apostles. I guess it could be true, but there's no Scripture that tells us that. Sometimes I point that out because I want us to realize some of the things that people come up with and some of the reasons I believe that a lot of people discredit what the Bible says because they see some of those things and wonder how do they come up with it just like I do. You know, how do, how do people come up to the idea that this Nathaniel, because he was from Cana and Jesus was at a wedding feast and he performed a miracle there, that Nathaniel had to be the bridegroom? I just don't get it. Others uh, have him linked as the unnamed disciple who walked with Jesus on the road to Emmaus. But here's the point that I want us to learn from the Scripture. And this is what's really important. Nathaniel was a searcher of the Scripture and a seeker of the truth. And I believe that that's very important for us today, that we need to be seekers and looking for the truth of God's Word. Not what someone may come up with that sounds good or that may make us feel good, but the truth of God's Word. It tells us in John chapter 1, the first chapter of John, verse 45, And Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. By inspiration, we can assume, or implication, we can assume that Philip and Nathaniel were searching for the Messiah. That they were looking for Him, trying to find Him. They, were, they knew what the Scripture taught, and therefore they were looking to find the individual that met all the prophecies and all the things that had been mentioned about what the Messiah would look like, or what He, what he would be, or where He would be from. 
And Nathanael was led to Christ because someone else cared enough to go to Him. So not only was he a seeker, but when someone else found him, found Jesus, they called Nathanael and said, we found him. You see, the good news is the Gospel. The fact that we can have the forgiveness of sin is the greatest news that we could ever hear. And many times the, the good news goes untold because we don't have that desire for someone else. As I mentioned this morning, it's a wonderful thought to know you're going to heaven. But it's even a greater thought to know that you're going to heaven and you're taking someone with you. Because I believe that you take people to heaven or you take people to the other place also. And so it's very important that we share the Gospel with other people that we love, that we come in contact with, the people that may be even strangers. But here we see that Nathaniel was a seeker and we find that Philip went to him and told him that they had found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Good news is something that we share. Many times we hear something that's just uh, that makes our heart joyous. We don't sit on that news. Someone has a baby, everybody hears about it. Many times if we have a promotion at work, other people hear about it. We want to tell them about it. The Gospel of Jesus Christ is the greatest news that anyone could ever hear. Good news is something that we share. Philip had good news about Jesus, and he shared it with Nathaniel as we see in John chapter 1 and verse 45. Perhaps he was influenced by the actions of Andrew. And Andrew went and told Peter. We see what the result what the result of was in that situation. In John chapter 1 and verse 41. But both Andrew and Philip show us the importance on one-on-one contact. Let me just say this. I can stand up here and preach a long time. And I can preach many years. And I can preach many sermons. But you will do more good taking the Gospel to others than I will stand up here preaching. I may preach the truth. People may listen. But most people are converted with one-on-one contact. When someone takes the time to sit down with them and study the Word of God. I say that from experience. How many people respond to the invitation to be baptized that have not been studied with prior to that occasion? How many strangers walk in the door that's never heard the Gospel and respond to the invitation? Not saying that it's impossible. But I'm saying that the majority of people that are one to Christ are one because someone cared enough to take the time to sit down with them and study with them and show them the importance of the good news of the Gospel of Christ. That's the way that the Word was spread in New Testament times. People heard it. They told someone else. And so on and so on. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, that's actually the principle that is taught. And the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. 
so it continues on by our teaching someone. Someone took the time to teach you. Someone took the time to teach me. And I take the time to teach someone. You take the time to teach someone. And so on and so forth. And the church continues to grow. We sometimes look back at the New Testament and we wonder why the church grew so quickly, so rapidly in the book of Acts. But I believe that that's the reason because people took the time to share that good news with someone else. And we need to do the same thing. Nathaniel, we see also, was kind of skeptical. <clears throat> in John chapter 1, verse 46, it says, And Nathaniel said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, Come and see. We talked about that phrase in our last lesson dealing with one of the apostles about come and see. And that's really something that we need to encourage people to come and see what the Bible says. Come and see what the Word of God has to say about what their concern is. Why they need to hear the Gospel of Christ. Why Jesus died on the cross. We need to be able to explain those things to people. And they need to be able to come to God's Word and see those things. And perhaps maybe they can come and listen to a Bible class or come to a worship service and see how we conduct ourselves and see that we do things based upon what the Bible says. I have seen questions that are generated because people visit the congregation. Why do you do what you do? Why don't you have instruments? Why is it that the women don't stand up and, and, and do, do things in the service? We need to be able to answer those questions. <clears throat> but we see here that Nathaniel was skeptical. And he's the only one of the twelve to hesitate when given a call to come and follow Jesus. Nathaniel's skepticism was based on his knowledge of the Bible. He knew that Jesus was to be from Bethlehem. Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephraim, though thou be little among thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from, <coughs> from of old, from everlasting. <clears throat> Jesus was expected to be from Bethlehem, and sure He was. But on that particular occasion, we realize that obviously He did not know that Jesus was living in Canaan. That He lived in a place where He didn't think Jesus was coming from. And he also knew that the people from Nazareth were rough and crude people. That they had a different dialect. That they lacked culture and proper morals. What he didn't know was that's where Jesus had made his home was in Nazareth. And after he and his family returned from Egypt, that's where they resided. So he was born in Bethlehem just as the prophecy had foretold. <clears throat> so he was expecting Jesus to come out of Bethlehem. And so his skepticism was based upon what the Scripture said. Philip didn't argue with Nathaniel. He simply made the statement, come and see. Come and see if what you're being told is the facts, is the truth. Come and witness for yourself what we have found. Wouldn't it be great if we all lived a life where people would look at our lives and say, what is it that you have? What is it? What's your secret? Wouldn't it be great that people could see that we're a Christian? As we mentioned this morning, things, the terrible things happen in our lives. But we still should have the joy in our heart, even when things are difficult. 
Life doesn't always go the way that we would like for it to go. And so Philip, he didn't argue. He just said, come and see. <clears throat> Christianity has nothing to hide. I remember years ago, <clears throat> my mother had passed away in 1978. That was a long time ago. And the preacher that did the service, we did, thought he did an excellent job. But it was several years later that I was at the Cross Street congregation and I, they were singing the invitation song and I looked over and I saw someone respond and that was when they had bigger crowds so you didn't always see everybody there to begin with. And I looked over and it was my uncle. I about fell over. But he wanted to be baptized. And they baptized him. And I talked to him afterwards. <clears throat> And you know what he told me? He says, what I like about the Church of Christ is they just lay it all out on the line. They don't hide anything. What do we have to hide? Why should we hide it? We should proclaim it from the rooftops, from the mountaintops, the Gospel of Christ. We shouldn't be ashamed of that Gospel. Paul, uh, Peter or Paul said that he was not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ. Why? Because he realized that it was the power of God and the salvation. And so we shouldn't be ashamed of that Gospel. And we have nothing to hide. We have nothing to fear. Even though the world challenges it, the Bible, they challenge God every single day, we have nothing to fear. Men need to examine the evidence. They need to be encouraged to examine the evidence. We also see, see what Jesus said about Nathaniel. <clears throat> John chapter 1 and verse 47, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and saith unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. The words guile or without guile means without deceit, that he was pure and that he was sincere. <clears throat> he didn't try to deceive himself. And sometimes that's the, the people we deceive the most is ourselves. We try to pretend that we're something that we're not. We try to justify our actions when we know that they're not right with God. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, Be not deceived, for God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. Also reap, for he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. <clears throat> but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So don't deceive yourself. And that's what he's saying about Nathaniel. He didn't deceive himself. There was no guile found in him. He did not deceive others. As 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10 tells us, For we that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Shouldn't be deceit in our lives. We don't have to trick people into obeying the gospel. Just tell them what the Bible says and let them decide for themselves. Don't try to deceive people around you. <clears throat> Most of all, he didn't deceive God. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto His eyes of Him with whom we have to do. You see, we may try to deceive God, <clears throat> but this Scripture tells us He sees it all. And in fact, we see examples where God sees things where people thought that they could hide it from Him. You go back to the beginning with Adam and Eve. 
They made clothes for themselves because they realized that they were naked. Did they think that they could deceive that or deceive God and that God did not know what was going on? There was no guile in Nathaniel. <clears throat> Nathaniel was a righteous man. John chapter 1 and verse 48, <clears throat> Nathaniel said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Most houses back in those days were small, and people often built them around a fig tree. <clears throat> the branches of those fig trees could grow or spread out 25 to 40 feet. And people would often sit under those trees and study and pray. And that may have been what Nathaniel was doing on that occasion. But Jesus saw him. And Nathaniel was the first person, the first man that we can read about <clears throat> that made that good confession. It was Nathaniel who said, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Paul spoke about that good confession in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. When he said, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, <clears throat> whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Jesus Christ, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. That good confession is the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. It is that He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. And Nathaniel recognized that when he came and he saw. He made that good confession. He made this confession long before Simon Peter did. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 16. We see in the book of Acts, Chapter 8, that the Ethiopian eunuch made that confession also. Verse 37, the Philip said, If thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That confession is made before baptisms today. <clears throat> it's something that we read about in Romans chapter 10. Beginning in verse 9, where it says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. <clears throat> we don't read a lot about Nathaniel, But the little bit that the Bible has to tell us tells us a great deal about him. That he was a seeker. He knew what he was looking for. He was honest. He was sincere. He questioned the things that needed to be questioned. We see that he was the first to recognize that Jesus was the Son of God. His ministry and his death, we're told that he went to Armenia, Persia, Arabia, Ethiopia, and India. He was flayed alive and then crucified. Uh, one thing that I read said that he was beheaded. If you look at some of the old pictures <clears throat> that people have drawn and painted, sometimes you will see someone sitting behind some of the other apostles. 
and their skin is in their lap. That is supposed to be Nathaniel. Because he was skinned alive. Can you imagine how painful that would be? And so I dug and looked to see. <clears throat> it seems like that would kill you in and of itself. <clears throat> but it's, what I read says you could live up to three days with your skin being ripped off of your body. So whether he was crucified downward or whether he was beheaded, <clears throat> I'm not sure. But his remains supposedly rest in Rome. So what do we learn from Nathaniel? It teaches us to be seekers of the truth. And I believe that if we're true seekers of the truth, <clears throat> that God will help us to find that truth. We can learn that the lost need the help of others to bring them to Jesus Christ. Most people aren't going to study the Bible all by themselves and come to the knowledge of the truth and obey the Gospel. They need help. Just like the Ethiopian eunuch said, how can I accept some man should guide me? And so God has given us that responsibility. Not just me, but all of us. The responsibility to take the Gospel out into the world with us. Skepticism, although it may be legitimate, can be overcome. He didn't go along and say, well, nothing good can come out of Nazareth, so I'm not going to listen. He went and he saw. And then he made that great confession. And we too must make that good confession if we want heaven to be our home. We have to recognize that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He is the Messiah, that He is the Savior of this world. And He came, to you, came into this world so you and I could live eternally with Him in the hereafter. And while we're here on this earth, <clears throat> He came so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. All of these apostles... Although we may not know a, lot, a great deal about them from Scripture, it teaches us that the best way in life is to follow Jesus. And so tonight, if you're not a Christian, you need to get on that path to follow Him, to do the things that He says do, not the things that you would like to do, but to live that life in faithful service to Him. And He tells us what we need to do in order to be saved. The words of Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And so we need to understand <clears throat> that belief that He is the Son of God is important. Because if we don't believe that, it would do us no good to be baptized. Because baptism simply represents the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And it shows us that our old man of sin goes down into that water and we come up out of that water a new creature. And so we make that good confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I believe part of that reason is to show the world whose side we are going to be on. Because we've made an about-face with our repentance. <clears throat> we've turned away from sin. And we're telling the world now we're going to follow the Messiah, the Christ. And then our final step is to be baptized into Christ. Because outside of Christ, we find no promise of salvation. And that we're baptized into Christ, which is the body of Christ, which is His church. And you and I need to be a part of that church in order to get to heaven. There's no promise outside of the body of Christ of heaven being our home. So why not tonight? If you're not a Christian, become one. If you've been unfaithful to our Lord, repent. <clears throat> Turn back. 
Get back on the right road. Seek the truth. Be a follower of Jesus Christ. That's where we all need to be. So tonight, if you need to respond to the invitation, come and have a seat up here on the front row while we stand and sing.